Welcome to the Human Flourishing Project. I'm Alex Epstein. On the last episode, I tackled the subject of avoiding overwhelm, and today I'm going to be doing avoiding overwhelm part two. Now, just to recap very, very quickly uh, the episode from last time, I covered three strategies, three interrelated strategies for dealing with and avoiding overwhelm, ultimately achieving what I I like to call surfing on top of life. And I'm still looking for a shorter way of saying that if anyone has one, but nobody has given me one yet. So if you have one, send it to alex at alexepstein.com. And the three strategies I mentioned were time blocking, choosing projects carefully, and scoping projects carefully. So time blocking, broadly speaking, is deciding what different categories and subcategories of life, what, what amount of time in your life, what fraction of your week in particular they're going to get, and that helps bound everything, and then choosing projects uh, carefully, so being very careful, for lack of a better word, about what one does and what one doesn't do, and just recognizing that there's always opportunity costs, so every new project I choose almost always comes at the expense of an existing project, and sometimes that, sometimes that's okay, but there's a pretty high burden of proof for doing a new project. And then scoping projects carefully, and this is done at the beginning and then throughout where we're deciding, okay, what, what does this project need to achieve? And sometimes we get on top of things by deciding, well, I can limit the scope of this project. It doesn't need to do A, B, C, and D. It might just need to do A and B. So for more on that, on all those strategies, listen to last week's episode. On this episode, and I don't think this will take too long, I want to talk about more of dealing with overwhelm on an immediate basis, and particularly the, the situation where we feel like the week ahead just has so much going on, and it's just it's just too much. So the the strategies from last time are very relevant to that, but sometimes it can you can just want to start off the week in a way where okay at least I'm on top of the week and then I'll deal with the other things later. But if I'm not on top of the week, it causes all sorts of issues, and it really does cause all sorts of issues to not be on top of the week. One thing is that the weekend is a lot less relaxing. So I'm a huge fan of of. Uh, of relaxation. And one of my favorite things to do is just take a nap on the beach and then go in the water and then sometimes take a nap again. So I, I enjoy quite a bit, just kind of a total uh, relaxation, but that is very hard to do and definitely not as effective if one feels like, oh, I have an overwhelming amount of things to do in the next week. So one way or another, if, if we can get, a, if we take some time to get a handle on the next week, it allows us to relax and rejuvenate a lot better. So this is this is a kind of situation that that'll happen. And I was I was in a similar situation myself recently. So I, I used my favorite approach for doing this, which always works really well. So I thought I would share it. And I think I've shared elements of it before. So not all of this will be brand new, but I think this will this it'll be at least a useful refresher. And maybe there will be some new points as well. Now, the core concept to not being overwhelmed by the week to being on top of the week is a concept I've definitely discussed before, which is calendar comprehensiveness. And what calendar comprehensiveness means is that the uh, 
everything that I'm committed to doing, that I'm really committed to doing, has a specific place in my calendar. So that my calendar is comprehensive in terms of accounting for my commitments. And even if you look at your calendar and say, wow, that is a lot of stuff. I wish maybe I hadn't committed to all this, but I don't feel like I can uncommit uh, to a lot of it. It can still, like, it's it's way better to have kind of a tightly packed set of things that you're on top of than to just feel like there's way too much, but a lot of it is not in your calendar anyway. Because if it's not in your calendar, it's probably not going to get done. And what often happens with overwhelm, uh, in many, many cases, is that overwhelm becomes a sanction for distraction slash escapes. And I use the term escapes. I talk about that in the episode. I forget what it's called, but the episode on uh, just thinking of distractions differently and, and often reframing dist- distractions as uh, escapes. So you, you might have had this feeling, okay, you've got tons of stuff. Uh, you work hard. And then, but a bunch of it is not accounted for. And then you feel like, oh God, there's so much, I need a break. And then Facebook, Twitter, and it's so easy to get down that rabbit hole. And then it's then, oh, then get out of that. And oh, I'm even more overwhelmed. There's even more stuff to do. Whereas if that stuff, if you knew that you had calendar comprehensiveness, you would be much more inclined to take an actually rejuvenating break, maybe a short break, and then get right into those other things. But if, if they're clearly defined, and then if you miss them, if you have calendar comprehensiveness, you can move them around. So once again, the key to dealing with immediate overwhelm is calendar comprehensiveness. But let's talk about just how to achieve that in practice. And I'll just give you my specific system, and there's nothing to say that you should do this exact thing, but it does work quite well. So the first thing that I do is I make a list of all of my commitments that I can think of for the next uh, week or two. So these are these are potential things to go on the calendar. So do that. And I, I use a I often use a software called Checkvist, C H E C K V I S T dot com. It's a, a an embedded list soft uh, software application or online app web application. And I, I like it a lot for outlining. And I also like it a lot for just writing out lists of things. It makes it really easy to move and organize and have sub lists, et cetera, et cetera. So make a list. And then this I find particularly helpful. So with, with each thing, what I'm trying to do when I'm making a list, what I'm making a list of ultimately is the work blocks that I have committed to. So it's one thing to say, I've committed to making progress on my book, but really what I wanna know for the the calendar comprehensiveness is what kinds of time blocks uh, are going to be necessary to fulfill my commitments this week. And sometimes it can be for something like uh, a book, that kind of thing, I often just have it as, okay, I have a four and a half hour a day time block and I'm going to set goals, but that's that's the amount of time. And this goes to the time blocking discussion of last week. That can be really useful. But then there are other things that are much more, that can be, oh, this actually needs to get done. So I have a podca- another podcast called Power Hour and I need to interview somebody uh, on Monday. And so that's done. And then, but I also need to prepare for the interview. And so what I do in the the list, in my case, in Checklist, is I, the first thing I write down 
is the number of hours that the block is going to take. And I'll just use, if it's less, I'll just use, you know, 0 0.5 or 0.5 for whatever, or the equivalent fraction, 1.5 or 2. But what I want is a list of things where at the left is a number because it's going to make it easy to add it up and to uh, choose among things. So look at all these different things, uh, put a number to them, then start prioritizing them and then do whatever you can to eliminate things or to see at least put them at the end of the list so that they don't need to go on. So I'm not going to talk too much about this aspect of it, but once you have the list that's that has all these numbers on it, you want to get a sense of, okay, how much time uh, is there? And then you need to limit the number of things on the list to the amount of time that will actually exist in the week uh, to do the things. And so in some cases you're going to find, oh, well, I have way more stuff than that I'm committed to than I can actually do. And then you have to decide, you have to face reality and see, okay, is this really a commitment? Do I need to do this? Can I cancel this meeting? Uh, that kind of thing. By the way, I should have mentioned earlier, a very good day to do this is on a Sunday. Sunday is, is, an, is a particularly good day to do this. It's often the day where you can get the most altitude on the week. Sometimes you can do it on Friday. That has a certain power of its own as well. But Sunday is pretty damn good as well. And I find it's it's much, in my experience at least, it's much more achievable on a Sunday. Okay, so now I've got this list. I've got it priority ordered. I've, I've identified all these different chunks of time and it might be maybe 20 separate things and that's totally okay. And then the next thing I do is, so then I want it to be calendar comprehensive. So what I do is I get my calendar. So in my case, I'm using a Google calendar. And then what I wanna do is I wanna create the blocks of time and stick them on the calendar without actually placing them, figuring out exactly where they go, except except if I already know. So if I know, okay, I've got this interview from, from three o'clock to, uh, uh, to four o'clock Pacific time on Monday, sure, that goes there. But there are gonna be other things where I'm not sure where they go. And what I wanna do is I, I make all the little blocks and then I'll put them on an empty part of the calendar. So let's say if my Sunday, if I haven't blocked out everything on Sunday, I'll just put all the little blocks on Sunday. Or if that's all blocked out, I'll put them in the early morning hours. So it'll be you know, 3 a.m., 4 a.m. And the point is just to have these blocks visually on the calendar without having them committed yet. And then the next step is just move those little uh, suckers around. And if you've, if you've done the previous parts correctly, you'll see, wow, these things really uh, do fit. And then there's some negotiation. And, and often when you do this, you'll get a really, you'll make much better sequence decisions. So you'll think, oh yeah, I want this done by the end of the week, but some things only need, some things it's totally okay to do on Thursday versus other things, if I wait till Thursday, it'll be a total uh, deal breaker. And for example, often things that involve giving managerial guidance to others or any kind of guidance to others, those often go earlier in the week because there are all kinds of dependencies. And if I don't address those things, then I'm going to be the bottleneck versus other things are totally okay to do on a Thursday or even a Friday. So it's it's pretty simple, but very, very uh, effective. The, the other thing I think you'll notice is if you do it on a Sunday, you'll, you will probably find, you know what? There are certain things that if I do those today, I can get way ahead of the game and I want to do them, or even I'm so overcommitted, I need to do certain things uh, on Sunday. But it's much better 
to do this calendar comprehensiveness process before executing a bunch of tasks on the Sunday uh, and then deciding what actually, if anything, needs to go on the Sundays. It's it's very, when when you're doing this, this strategy for avoiding overwhelm for the week. If at the beginning of it, if you can avoid completely all kinds of distractions and escapes, so no, no checking on any kind of input, no looking for the status update of anything, whether it's your email or LinkedIn or Facebook or Twitter, no doing that and no actually doing any tasks uh, that unless, unless you actually committed to something at some point in time, because if you do that, then you have the altitude and then you can move things around and then you can decide, oh yeah, I'm actually going to, these, these, these three things, uh, make sense to do on a, like today, like they really need to be done today, uh, versus, and that'll really put me ahead of the game versus just jumping into things. And if, because if you jump into things and you're overwhelmed, you're not going to do them efficiently. You're not going to make good decisions about them. And then you'll just do a bunch of things and then you'll still feel overwhelmed. And sometimes if we're doing those things, it's easy to then feel like, oh, well, I did some work. So now I get to go on Facebook. Now I get to check my email. Or yeah, before I do anything, let me check my email. And it's just, you lose that amazing, amazing uh, altitude. One other tip about this. By the way, uh, I want to apologize if you heard a notification sound in the background. I want to apologize uh, for many, many <laughs> reasons because it's annoying, uh, but also because you might think, hey, Alex, given everything you say, why the hell are these notification things going off? And that is a very good question. And the answer is I just got a, a new computer that was not making crackling noises like my old uh, computer was, and I did not set up the notifications to all be turned off and for it to be in do not disturb mode. And I have failed to have a process apparently with my assistant where that is the first thing that happens whenever I get a new uh, device. So I just did it now, uh, interrupted myself because it is so important to not have these notifications. So I just put it permanently, my laptop permanently in do not disturb mode. And then I also manually turn off uh, every single notification. So apologies for that, but maybe this will inspire you to do something uh, similar if you haven't done it already. Okay, I interrupted myself from before. So the the one other tip I wanted to give about this is, it, this is in the context of wanting to do this exercise from a high altitude. One thing that definitely is good to do uh, in advance of doing this calendar comprehensiveness exercise is if you want to write down a positive focus, which I talked about in episode three, but if you want to do something like that where you're talking about, hey, what's working really well in my life, that can be really beneficial and it can and it can counter overwhelm because it it creates a sense of, wow, I'm really making a lot of progress and I can continue making progress. So I'm all for anything that helps get altitude, including positive focus, which helps get the positive context uh, for altitude. All of that is really good, but any kind of checking, I think, is is particularly poisonous in this kind of situation and any kind of doing. So it's, it's just taking the time to say, hey, I'm going to fit all these little blocks together. I'm going to plan out my week, and then I don't have to think about nearly as much during the week. I don't have to think about what I need to do 
I just have to do it. And sure, there can be changes of plans and adjustments, but it's just so different when everything is blocked out. And I think once you do this exercise, you'll just feel this sense of relaxation and you'll feel like, yeah, even if there's a lot of stuff, I can have a really enjoyable, satisfying week versus, oh, I'm going to have another week where I just feel like everything is is on top of me versus I'm on top of it. So to recap, key idea for avoiding overwhelm in in terms of our week is achieving calendar comprehensiveness. And we want to do this by getting ourselves in a state of high altitude, which means ignoring distractions uh, slash escapes and not actually getting into doing mode, preferably on a Sunday or if you, if you can do it uh, on a Friday. So getting ourselves into that high altitude mode, then making a list with uh, all of the discrete time blocks that are necessary to fulfill our commitments, uh, having the numbers on the left so it's really easy to see how big those time blocks are, prioritizing and winning, winnowing down those commitments, putting them in an empty space in our calendar, and then fitting them in in the right sequence so that then we have calendar comprehensiveness. So try it out. If you haven't done it, try it out and let me know how it goes. As always, if you have any questions, comments, love mail, or hate mail, you can email me at alex at alexepstein.com. You can uh, join the discussion on Facebook. We haven't had much discussion on Facebook lately, so I'm going to work on on checking it more. I, I tend to avoid uh, Facebook, but I'm going to make a concerted effort to look more at the comments and respond to them because there have been some good comments in the past, but facebook.com slash human flourishing project. And to get weekly updates or bi-weekly updates about new episodes, go to humanflourishingproject.com and enter in your email address. That's it for this week, except I'll share just a little idea that I've been working with that I want to do more with in a future episode, which is the idea of a personal instruction manual. And the idea of a personal instruction manual is you make a manual of all of the little things that you know about yourself that make you operate well. So you can think of philosophy as a very, philosophy is a very generalized it's like a universal instruction manual. And then in different fields, there are different kinds of principles and, and systems and processes that tell you how to achieve things uh, in general, but at a more specific level than a philosophy will. But then there's also what you know about yourself, having often having tried all kinds of different processes and had your, your own experiences. And I find that those learning those things is super valuable and then writing them down can be super valuable. So in a future episode, definitely want to talk about that, the work I've been doing on that and uh, have some of you try creating your own personal instruction manual. So that's an idea I'm having fun with right now. So I thought I would share that. All right, that's it for this week. I'll be back in two weeks. Until then, I'm Alex Epstein. This has been the Human Flourishing Project.